Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we are talking about proof theory. We just started talking about proof theory, which is a branch of mathematics that applies the tools and techniques of mathematics to um, the study of proofs, the study of you know forms of reasoning, the sort of syntactic forms of reasoning that mathematicians use, and, well, others who apply uh, deduction in their disciplines. And um, we are interested in this because proof theory really, you know, has a strong connection to type theory, as we will remind ourselves. And so it's a fitting topic uh, for this podcast. So um, I, what I want to talk about today a little bit was, again, sort of more sort of the conceptual starting points of proof theory is uh, you know, a conceptual starting point of proof theory, and I sort of mentioned this last time when I was talking a little bit about the little tiny bit that I know about Frege's contribution to the subject, um, is that if you're going to have a theory of mathematical proofs and we're going to reason about, you know, metamathematically about them, uh, you kind of need to know what the proofs are. Like, you need to have some... You need to know what the syntax of proofs is, and you know, it's some stuff like that. And uh, I want to share a tiny story. I remember my first year of grad school, uh, my advisor gave me this project to, he wanted to start um, adding the ability for this automated reasoning tool that was being developed in his group to produce proofs that could be checked by some third-party proof checker. This has since become, uh, you know, an abiding interest and difficult challenge for many automated theorem proving, uh, many different kinds of automated theorem proving. Lots of um, communities out there are very interested in, and with, you know, depending on the domain, it's either harder or easier to manage to get the things to spit out a proof that you can check independently. Um, and uh, I remember when I, I remember walking around on campus. Thinking to myself, yeah, 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 we'll make it produce a proof. And I was kind of, what, what are those proofs again? And I still have this like very distinct recollection of kind of like, yeah, yeah, I, I know logic because I had, I had a discrete math at Cor- class at Cornell University, and we, we learned all about this stuff. It was kind of like, yeah, yeah, that was good. That was a good class and all, but um, there was a lot I didn't know about logic. And in a discrete math class, it's really not the same focus on the details of what you know, like the syntactic details of exactly what the rules of proof are that you're allowed to use. Um, at least in my experience, discrete math classes don't usually say, here are the nine rules of deduction we're going to allow you to use, and let's practice with them. That's not generally the focus. Because discrete math is really more like math, and most mathematicians aren't that obsessed with the exact details of how they're doing their deductions. But in proof theory, that's really that's what it's all about. We've got to know... Um, you know, absolutely in complete, perfect detail, what is going to be considered to be a proof. And um, so anyway, I just want to share that story because I, that was really, you know, a, a sort of um, pre-proof theoretic moment for me is sort of realizing like, I kind of thought I knew what a proof is, but actually I really don't. <laughs> now, now I know better and I'm going to share some of what I know with you. Um, so yeah, so we need a syntax for proofs. We need some kind of language. And interestingly, over the the century or so that people, researchers have been working on this, you know, a variety of different languages have emerged for proofs that are not, you know, not the same. 
Um, in some disciplines, people worry about some aspects of the differences very um, intensively, like in, com in complexity theory, I understand, you know, different kinds of propositional proof systems or something, you know, people care about the fact that it might be um, a proof of a certain theorem might be exponentially more compact in a particular proof system than in, in one proof system than in another proof system. Uh, that's, you know, and, and proof theorists are, there are proof theorists who are concerned with such matters. Um, uh, but, but proof theory more generally is, I think, broadly is not generally that concerned with, with those kind of differences in, um, like, lengths of proofs. That I know that is a concern for some proof theorists, but, um, you know, usually we're just sort of interested in, are these proof systems equivalent? Can I prove more with this one than I could prove with that one? So it's usually a little bit, you know, a little bit wider angle lens, so to speak, on that. Um, uh, but yeah, so there are different forms of proof that, uh, well, for a particular logic, you know, say, I don't know, say like classical propositional logic, there's a variety of different forms of proof that you could use, uh, for proving theorems in this logic. Um, and, you know, it's tempting to say, oh, something like classical propositional logic, you just need to check, you know, if you have like P implies Q and R or something like that, right? That, that propositional logic means we're just talking about the logic with propositional variables, like variables of type bool, and then the, the various, um, you know, formula forming constructs like implication and conjunction, negation, this sort of thing. But, uh, you know, so you say, oh, that's really easy. I'm just, I know how to do that. I use truth tables, right? I just check all the combinations. And yeah, certainly for that particular logic, that works. But as you can either know or readily imagine, that falls apart pretty fast, right? You don't have to get to a terribly complicated logics where that method just doesn't work anymore, right? Mathematicians um, can't use truth tables to, desert, to prove their theorems. So <laughs> you need um, richer forms of deduction than that. But even for classical propositional logic, you can identify a number of different um, proof systems. So um, I, I guess my big point I'm trying to make here, and this is what I'm saying, is that once we decide we need to care about the, the rules of the game, it's, it's important to be aware that there are different sets of rules for playing the same game. Like you can, the, you know, different formulations of the rules for a particular logic, like classical propositional logic, give you the same theorems. I mean, that's kind of the requirement. If you're saying, I'm going to give you a set of rules for this logical system, it means I have to prove the same formulas. You know, I have to give you the, um, uh, I have, the proofs I give you have to be um, proving the same formulas as some other proof system or some other way of defining what the valid formulas are. Of course, the main other way of defining what the valid formulas are, besides writing a proof, is um, semantically. You know, so um, logics, you know, generally uh, have a model theoretic semantics where we explain um, what a formula means in some mathematical structure. Um, and this poses just as many foundational problems, if you're trying to be sort of, think about the foundations of mathematics, having an existing mathematical structure that you're thinking of to give the semantics for some foundational logic, 
is kind of problematic. And it's proof theory is, is not immune to these criticisms either because to justify your proof system, you usually need, you well, you have to use mathematical techniques that go beyond the power of your proof system. And so you're, you're still in this world where um, you, you, can't really, you can't really win foundationally. You kind of have to pick a foundation. Do the best you can to make sure that it's consistent, and, but the best you can will not be um, giving you a, an airtight guarantee. Unfortunately, anyway, so there are different kinds of proof systems. For one, you know, one of the same logic can have many different proof systems. That's one um, uh, point I wanted to make about proof theory. Um, sort of up at the at the beginning, um, and uh, sorry, I'm pausing because I thought I had something else I want to say about this, but now I forgot. Um, Uh, yeah, and so we'll talk about some of these different forms of proof that um, are typically are have been of historical interest. Um, oh, that's what I want to say. Yes, uh, there's a some kind of accident or something here on route to where I'm supposed to park to go teach my class in a little bit. Um, so that's uh, either reminded me or thrown me off. Um, the other thing I want to say is another important thing to to be thinking about with a proof system is uh, we are generally separating out logical deductions from deductions in some particular theory. Like, so if you're reasoning in arithmetic, you have some axioms about various arithmetic operations, or um, you might have an induction axiom for proving things by induction. Those kind of axioms that are about the particular domain, those are separate from the proof system, which is the more general, just logical deduction, you know, rules for logical deduction that kind of set up the whole game you're going to play, right? So your logic kind of tells you, um, you know, this is how I'm allowed to deduce that one thing follows from another, uh, and, but it doesn't really, it doesn't say anything about this, uh, some specific domain of interest, right? So if you're doing reasoning about, I don't know, phylogenetic data or something, you might have a bunch of axioms about, um, I don't know, taxonomic information about organisms, right? And th these kind of axioms are definitely not part of the logic, right? So proof theory has generally been concerned with the logical part of uh, these sort of axiomatizations. Um, but still, there's some parts like when you have to deal with arithmetic and induction, that, that also is something that proof theorists would be, would be interested in as well. Uh, but there's, so that's kind of the takeaway from my, what I'm telling you about today. There's different ways to formulate um, rules for the same logic, and we usually kind of want to think about a divide between the logical rules and then axioms or other things that are specific to some domain that we are trying to reason about. Okay, um, thanks for listening, and you, uh, if you're listening to this, I hope that means you like the podcast, and if you do, you'll be happy to know that since I'm being forced um, by my state legislature to come in to do this very old school thing where you go to a place and talk to people face to face. Actually, not that many are coming face to face. They mostly just want to do it online, which is the sensible thing to do. Um, I'm going to be recording more episodes of Iowa Type Theory Commute because I'm actually going to be commuting to campus, which I haven't been doing now under the pandemic. So it used to be the Iowa Type Theory um, Bagel Run or the Iowa Type Theory, um, you know whatever, some other errand, but now I'm actually commuting to campus. So um, so you can expect more frequent podcasts, but not very long ones because I'm sitting here in my parking lot wrapping up. It's not that long from my house to 
where I park to go to class. Okay, I hope you're well wherever you are. Um, and thanks again for listening. Drop me a line if you want to. Always enjoy hearing from people who listen to the podcast. And take care and keep your ears out for updates on this planned uh, Zoom short course that I'm going to offer in October. Okay, take care.